welcome to Catalyst Podcast, your new favorite spiritual podcast that really centers decolonizing and understanding our socializations while building authentic, inclusive community. Basically, it's a catalyst within your spiritual journey. So let's dive right in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Catalyst Podcast. I'm your host, Nike. Let's get right into this episode because something clicked in my head and also my computer is at 8%. So we don't really have a lot of time to, to dilly-dally. Okay, we're talking about if you want an equitable space, you need to get over your fear of conflict. And I want to first preface this up that like we, a lot of folks have trauma around conflict, especially from childhood trauma, inner child work, whatever. I am not addressing any part of your being that needs to be nurtured due to trauma or an inner child need or just in general, a general need from your lived experience where you've been harmed. We're not talking about that. I have those same traumas and responses and et cetera. Truly, 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 we're going at this at a lens of how to combat white supremacy and decenter whiteness in terms of the systemic structures that were put into place to continuously harm folks. So that's the lens that we're tackling this in. Your feelings, your traumas, your fears are so, so, so value. valid and valued but I really want us to navigate this conversation thinking about holistically as a collective what has been put into place in order to keep us disconnected from each other to prioritize individualism and therefore um, really dehumanize our connection to one another So that's how we're tackling this. So if you really, truly want an equitable space, you have to get over your fear of conflict because fear of conflict, this fear of open conflict is a structure of white supremacy that has been embedded in our society and that has really dehumanized folks who are willing to be vocal and willing to stand up and to genuinely bring up inhuman, like inhumane, harmful behavior, um, but are then shut down because there is a fear of conflict and nobody wants to have the deep and intentional deep dive into these nuanced topics. So the fear of open conflict is really harmful to building genuine connections and communities, especially um, with a diverse group of folks. And with the way that community is set up in the Western world, you either have cults, which is everyone looks the same or is very similar and has a similar lived experience, or you just focus on the similarities that folks have. And it's very one thought, thought thought thinking, everyone has the same thought process about certain things. You don't see a lot of different perspectives and um, it's more centering like-mindedness instead of like-heartedness. 
And really that's just because we have a disconnection to community because our indigenous practices that everyone actually had before colonialism and colonization and white supremacy took over, those we were building genuine connections and communities and that was stripped from us in order to build this facade of community that can either turn into cult or it's just just in, in disingenuous. Whereas where it's like, you're communing, you're you're creating a quote unquote community, but you're just centering whiteness or the dominant in my, my the dominant culture within the space, and you're not considering the lived experiences of those who also are now integrating the space. Um, a lot of communities in workplaces, healing spaces, just in general, are marketing and yielding in diversity, but not taking the time to invest in building intersectionality and inclusion within their spaces and disregarding the community building that truly needs to happen and an acknowledgement of these different makeups of the space and um, the witnessing and valuing of those who are showing up at the space that do not belong to the dominant culture. A lot of communities in spaces right now are resistance to changing the dominant culture and adjusting it as more and more people enter these spaces. So it's really the fear of open conflict is something that I've seen a lot of folks try to avoid um, especially in healing spaces, you'll see that folks will say like, oh, don't say that, that's divisive. Or they'll say like, they'll just ignore microaggressions that happen or harmful language that's occurring or just open disagreements are instantly shut down in the guise of light and love and not letting your ego get in the way and wanting peace and like being all one. Really, that is a sham. Um it is emotional violence. It is a spiritual bypassing. And it's the fear of open conflict. You can look this up in a multitude of research, but the fear of open conflict usually harms Black, um, Latine, or Indigenous women the most. It's, and it, like, it makes sense, right? Black and Indigenous folk and specifically women plus and femmes are those who are affected and harmed by misogyny usually are the blunt of the harm and the dehumanization that happens whether it's in these spiritual spaces and our in-person communities or even in the workplace so let's talk about the fear of open conflict. Like I mentioned in the beginning, definitely some folks have fear of open conflict because of their childhood and like the things that they saw and were witness to with growing up. And I really, again, want to disconnect that the fear of open conflict is different from that, even though it could have a similar feel, right? That's why it's really important to understand your traumas and your lived experience and how that's going to affect your perspective as you're entering different spaces and communities with folks. But I want to specifically talk about open conflict holistically and how it's been used to really harm Black and Indigenous or Latin 
Latine women plus and those who are harmed by misogyny. Um, so one way is that we typically tend to police Black and Indigenous women. And when I'm saying Indigenous, I am including Latina people and women. Um, I That's just how I see that. You are Indigenous Americans. So usually there are stereotypes that already reinforce that um, Black and Indigenous women plus and those who are affected by um, misogyny are aggressive. I pause because that's a stereotype that I've been fighting my whole life and I'm continuously fighting this year. Isn't that crazy? I don't even feel like I give aggressive vibes, but anyway, are aggressive, are loud, are confrontational. And that's also something that's used specifically against Black and Indigenous folk a lot too in power dynamics with like say police or authority figures but the stereotype is a threat the hyper awareness that we have around the stereotype especially when it comes to policing black and indigenous folk um is that people are constantly looking for open conflict around black and indigenous folk in order to monitor and police them um and they don't necessarily do that to other folk because the stereotype takes such a huge toll on how we interact with black and indigenous folk so for example if you didn't know and now you'll know there's a trope that black women are intimidating or angry the angry black woman is something that again I've been navigating since I was 10 and so um in any sense when there's any type of conflict whether it's like a black woman defending themselves a black woman like um sharing about their experience or actually is angry um a lot of times you'll see that folks will either try to contain it by dismissing the reaction and the feeling, or they'll escalate it by having a higher authority evolve, whether it's like someone within the space to the police, which we all know how that could be really harmful to Black folk. And that could be put their lives in danger. So a lot of times you'll see folks, especially Black and Indigenous folks hold up back their own feedback and observation because it's like you have to make a decision on whether you protect your peace and you protect not having to navigate people being microaggressive or dismissing your feelings or if you protect your peace in the sense of standing up and affirming yourself and empowering yourself but also what you have a lot to lose at stake um and so this is also where you see a lot of anti-Blackness and Latine or Latinx erasure and anti-Indigenous um, because, again, people are heavily policing folks in this way and these spaces where we don't even realize that we're doing so, all in the all because people are afraid to have open conflict and actually dive into having nuanced discussions, actually checking their shame and guilt at the door and listening to listen, especially for the folks that are harmed the most consistently, currently, and historically. So what can you kind of do in order to, if you're in a healing space and you're seeing this and you're 
trying to change the culture and you're trying to be an ally or you're trying to even empower yourself if you are black or indigenous and you no longer want to participate in this harmful um, cycle that keeps happening you have to be okay with having nuanced conversations not even that you have to be okay even if you're just neutral about having nuanced conversation I think that could benefits us so much a lot of people are afraid of even the thought of having a disagreement and I get it I'm an anxiety girly so that is my whole like deal is like anticipating things that are gonna be awkward and like uncomfortable and sometimes going out of my way to not address it so I understand it but I think practice helps so much and it allows you to get used to things and to even be more intuitive when you're navigating these conversations. If you're afraid of entering a conversation where you see someone is saying a microaggression to someone else and you're afraid of like stepping in, practice it. That's literally why I created my retreats. We're going to practice these things in real time. We're going to practice like interceding we're going to practice what you say we're going to practice knowing the feeling of like oh this is a time where I should be hyper aware and step into the situation because a lot of folks a lot of folks who haven't been affect, uh, affected as much as others in the spectrum of like agency or like harm within the systems don't have the practice that other folks do I am I have had practice all my life entering conversations about whether someone is being racist or uh, stereotyping me. I remember my first like in-depth conversation that I have was when I was 15 with my best friend at the time to my drama teacher because we thought she was doing things that were really, that were racist. (laughs) Looking back at them, she was racist. And even having that conversation, we were level-headed, we spoke calmly, I remember even going to her the way we addressed her was like, hey, we just wanted to check in and make sure like this, this and this. And that is learned behavior. That is practice. I wasn't like bold at the age of 15. I wasn't like feeling empowered. And I didn't feel like I didn't like have all the education, but um, it was something that I had routinely seen my parents do and Black people media do, and you hear the stories and in the history books and the books that I was reading and the movies that my parents were showing me and the documentaries that they were showing me. It was something that I repeatedly saw and I started putting into practice and where it like now it is intuitive. Now at the drop of a hat, boom, you said a microaggression to me. Oh no, we're shutting it down. It wasn't always like that. Sometimes we have to practice these things. Conflict isn't always bad. Conflict can be a catalyst for something else. It could be expansive. It could be an opportunity to deepen your understanding about something. Decolonizing conflict, I think, is really important, but it's also like a fine line. You want to honor the parts of yourself that have been harmed by conflict, especially that inner child, but you also want to honor the parts of yourself that have a right to conflict when you have been harmed yourself. Not every time that we need to have a discussion with someone is going to be light and butterflies and love and surface level. Like sometimes you have to get deep. Sometimes you have to have that spark. You have to have that catalyst to propel you into something 
and it's expansive. And I understand it's a really fine line. I really, really want to affirm that and articulate that. Practice. Also understand and recognize that there's a lot of things that are anti-Black and anti-Indigenous and that that does differ from, um, like racism is such a spectrum as well. And the types of racism that people will encounter in their life can be arranged and just because someone's a person of color doesn't mean that they experience anti-blackness or anti-indigenousness or anti-semitism and knowing that is really instrumental you could be a person of color you could be a black person you could be an indigenous person and you could still uphold white supremacy in your spaces you could still participate in that socialization because we are socialized to do so we are as we're helping the system as much as any white person. And I'm not saying helping you willingly, it's a part of our socialization. It's very strategically done. So knowing that and checking that's part of yourself, because we do have these internalized ways that we participate in these systems is really important. And just being there for folks, when you see something that is not right affirming them is so important and doing it in the moment again we're so afraid of open conflict there's so many times where there has been something that has happened in front of everybody and the person once they know they see that it's a problem and they see that it was like i'm not going to stand for what happens they try to shush it away and they try to isolate the situation no if something has happened in person in front of many people the resolution should happen in front of many people unless it's like a really delicate situation but if you say a macroaggression to me in front of people your apology should be in front of people as well this again it's the fear of open conflict so a lot of time open conflict and harm will happen to somebody within a space where everyone's witness to it. And then people will try to take them away from that space and do the resolution and the apology and the discussion in an isolated individual way. And that is so harmful. First of all, it's saying to the community, like they're not seeing what the action steps are taken, what the accountability looks like. And anything can happen in that one isolated space. And we need to stop doing that. Harm happens in front of everybody. You better take accountability in front of everybody. My computer is about to die, but that was about open conflict. We are combating open conflict, the fear of open conflict in 2023. I am at least because that's another tool of white supremacy that, again, there's a fine line because we're dealing with folks' trauma, but also it's just, it's just strategically has been reinforced in our society in order to keep us dim and stifle our grievances and not allow people to realize the humanity within others and... If we want more equitable spaces, we need to get over our fear of conflict. So yeah. 
Thank you so much for being in this space. Thank you so much for my computer for sticking it out. And until next time, be the catalyst that you never knew you needed. Love you. Bye.